You are listening to Lady Red Live with You Are Not Your Talent, Season 1. So welcome to Lady Red Live. This is Kylie Fisher and I'm so glad that you found my podcast. Now personally, I've been in the entertainment industry for over 15 years and a creative my whole life. With this idea, You Are Not Your Talent, I ask my guests to look past what they do and really find out who they are. So thanks again for being here. Let's get started. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Lady Red Live featuring You Are Not Your Talent. And today I am privileged to speak to someone that I've probably known maybe close to my whole life. I won't say that too early into the interview. Um, But she is an incredible um, music entertainer and performer and she is slaying it in the Australian country music uh, scene at the moment. So can I please have you put your hands together and for a big drum roll for the one and only Miss Jane Denham, how are you today and have you been on social media? (laughs) Hello Kylie, I have not been on social media today, no. Good girl, good girl. There's too many people who say they woke up with their phone in their hand and I will not say, but I was one of them. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I I definitely got myself out of that habit really quickly because otherwise I find I'm still sitting there at 10 o'clock in the morning. So (laughs) I need to get going first. (laughs) Yeah, I've had to put my phone on um, like the the moon mode at nighttime so it doesn't vibrate. Or every time it vibrates, I then end up rolling over and um, having to look at my phone. So that's been a that's been a good thing as well. Trying to get away from the phone sometimes. But Jane, let's start off with um, you know, give us give us a a career highlight reel so far. I'm really excited to hear this too. Uh, I'd have to say like there's so many career highlights, and uh, like you said at the start, you've known me like, oh, I've known you forever. And I've done so many different um, styles of music since I was, I started singing when I was like six, like similar to you, Um, grew up in a musical family. So I've had so many different highlights in different facets of my career, but country music's where I landed um, 14 years ago. And that's really where I'm at most at home, obviously, and I'm just loving it. It's so me. It's great. Um, But last year I got to fly to Alaska and film uh, my video clip Black Coffee and White Lines with the Ice Road Truckers. So never in my wildest dreams did I ever think I would become a full-time country music singer and like get to fly to Alaska and film with the ice road truckers in uh, with a glacier behind me of all things. So, <laughs> so yeah, I I sort of was like, well, if that's the end of my career, I think I did okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you didn't slide off the the cliff with all the ice. Yeah. That's insane. Is that like the ice road truckers, like those um those TV shows and yeah. stuff where they they drive through absolute blizzards and that's things? That's it. Yeah. So I was really privileged to work with three of the stars from the show, um, Lisa Kelly, Maya Seaver and Carrie Hall. Um, and I met them because uh, for those of you who don't know, I sing country music all 
sort of rock is my thing, but uh, trucking songs is something I always put a few trucking songs on every album. And because of that, it uh, it meant I was invited to America to sing at truck shows in the States. And I got to meet some of the stars from the ISO truckers. And one of their managers said, um, if you want to ever want them to be in a video clip, let us know. And I'm like, well, of course I would love them to be in a video clip. So yeah, it was it was pretty good. It's been a pretty wild ride and and that was certainly a highlight. That's epic. Well, Jane, give us a let's take a few step back from your country um career so far. Give us a little bit of, you know, you don't have to start from when you were 6, but you know, when when start when stuff started to you know, flow or um yeah, if you want to, that'd be awesome. Uh before country music is that what you mean yeah yeah just the journey because I think that's really powerful yeah sure so I grew up um with a very entertaining family my grandfather was in musicals and we all grew up singing in church my mum was a gospel singer and and then when I was at high school I put my first uh all-girl band together we were really bad (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know I was keen and weirdly um, we got it we had a gathering the other week of some of the girls I went to school with and they have a cassette of us performing uh, doing a a song in year nine I think oh god and I actually wasn't too bad I was quite surprised (laughs) I was like gee I wasn't too bad at at 12 (laughs) there was some sort of career there so uh but the others were absolutely shocking so hence they're not in the music game um but you know it, I was enthusiastic I was very enthusiastic and uh I actually had a friend of mine who's known me since I was eight and they said they remember coming to my house and that I was the oldest and I'd boss them around and said okay everyone we're going to play band practice and I'd make them all grab an instrument so god help my friends growing up but that was that was me I was destined to be a singer and entertainer and and then I joined a band uh, when I was a cover band when I was about, um, I don't know, uh, 17, 18 or something like that and did rock band, rock stuff. And my father was a country music uh, fan, so that's where the country music side of it came from. But when I hit my teens, I was like, I'm not doing country music. That's my dad's thing. I want to be cool and be a rock star and, and be, you know, in a band. That was my That was my thing. So I joined a band, did that for a while. But... I'd actually, I spent years doing that and um, and then in between that I was in Youth Alive. I always sang in church. Um, so I was in Youth Alive for a while, about three years I think, and, and that was a, another amazing experience where I got to tour throughout Europe and Australia and stuff, singing the gospel stuff. But And that was awesome and I, I, I loved doing that, but I was always more towards the entertainment side Um of things and so then I I did that but I really felt like I wanted to do more entertainment so I put my another band together and worked on that really hard for five years and uh, we got to perform at the schoolies week it was doing really well and as usual band broke up and that was the end of that and I was like oh my life's over I'm never going to do music it all sucks and you know it's all too hard and I'm just going to, I was always a hairdresser by trade. So I was like, I'll just do hairdressing. Yep. And then I started writing and I started just purely writing for the love of writing music. And out of that weirdly just came this country sound that had a rock edge, obviously being those years in, in my rock band um, and, and, and some producers, some big name producers in country music heard my little demo CD that I did for my family for Christmas. My sister and I just did an acoustic 
six song uh, CD and thought I'd just give it to all the family for Christmas and they heard it and next minute I got offered um, to do a record and yeah the rest is history so it was it's been a pretty crazy ride wow but yeah I, I'm loving being in I know I'm meant to be here I'm not I'm too I'm too crazy to be you know like Chrissy Ampler I think I'm not cool enough <laughs> yeah yeah how, how old were you when the country break happened? I love I love hearing this part. Yeah, so I was actually in my thirties. I was I was in my early thirties. I think I think I was about twenty, or maybe I was twenty nine. But anyway, I wasn't fifteen, and I remember thinking, oh, you know, I'm just too old. You know, it's not going to happen. And um, and you know, I think. Being that I wasn't young and, and, and I've, I've been very blessed to have number one hits and, um, you know, that's been amazing. But the weird thing is here I am, you know, 15 years later and I'm still having success and I'm 15 years older. So it's made me realise looking at um, other artists like um, Tanya Tucker totally inspired me last year when she came from out of nowhere, I mean, she was already Tanya Tucker back in the 70s and 80s, but she brought out an album now and I met her at a truck show and, you know, she's in her golden years, brought out an absolutely phenomenal record last year and won a Grammy. Wow. And I just thought, you know, age age is there and we can't change it and sometimes you can feel insecure because you've got all these young ones coming up in, in the game, but I think... There is such a thing as a hit song is a hit song. If you've got a great song, it doesn't matter how old you are. Yeah. And yes, it helps to have, you know, that back success. It does make it easier to get my head back in the system after having a break or whatever. But um, at the end of the day, I think, you know, that that really, because I was thinking, oh, maybe, you know, maybe in five years I'll be too old to retire. You know, I'll be too old on need to retire. And then I thought, oh, stuff that. If I've got songs that I want to sing and they're good songs and people are buying it and want to hear it, well, you know, I, I don't age isn't going to stop me now. So that was that for me has been a really big turning point last year to go, oh, stuff it, let's just keep going. I think as as females in the music industry, we fight the age thing so much because. You know, we watch these young kids come through into the music industry and multi-platinum, you know, million records sold, but then in five years' time they're nowhere to be seen. I feel like when you when you can have a break or you have a, 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 a space of success in your older years, we, we then come with this, like, longevity and we come with this maturity. Like, I always still think of it now like being 34 – I remember thinking, nah, at, at 30 it's all over, like my music career is over. But I've done more in the last four years than I probably would have done in the last 15. And it's that it's that m- mindset of age is just a number. Like it can't – age cannot um, determine your own decisions and your path for life. Like um, Hugh Jackman didn't move to America till I think he was 37 or something like that and then from having a, a solid career in Australia. So age is just, it's a perception in our own mind. And if like what you've done, you've broken that and gone, well, I'm not going to retire. Like I've still got years in me. Well, then that's, that is, that's, that's an amazing um, attribute for sure. Yeah. And, and look, I think, you know, uh, you know, sometimes it's that guy, girl thing. They often sort of say that 
it's harder for women. But look, I, I just think it all comes down to great music. Yeah, I think if you've got a great if you've got a great album and people want to buy it and people want to hear it, and and I know for you and I personally, um, I'm all about entertainment. Like my happy place is being on a stage and getting the party started, and that's why I do festivals and. And things like that. I'm a purely number one, mm. hands down. Yes, I write songs, but I, I only do it because I have to, because I have to keep writing new music. But it's all about for me. It's about entertainment, and I think it doesn't matter how many young ones come up. And I'm the first to celebrate them. You know, if they've got a great song and they've got a great vibe and they're doing great things, well, I'll cheer them on all the way. But no one's, no one can be Jane Denham and no one can be Kylie Fisher when we get on a stage because there's only one Jane Denham and there's only one Kylie Fisher. Yeah, that's it. And that's what people love about us is that we are unique and we are, you know, we are who we are and no one can put on a show like me and that's not to be full of myself. It's just that's and not everyone's also going to like me and that's okay too. (laughs) But if I'm doing what I'm doing and whatever people want me to do it and come to my shows and and if that day stops, well, that's okay too. I'm not, you know, my my self-esteem isn't wrapped up in in what I do, which is interesting because your your podcast is, is about that. I think there's just... So much, you know, but whatever this season is in my life, I'm going to enjoy it. And um, and just, sorry, going back on the age thing, I remember too when I first got sponsored, I've made a career out of getting sponsorship from trucking companies and stuff like that to also help finance my career. And I realised, oh, my gosh, they're not going to give, a trucking company is not going to give, you know, a big chunk of money to some young girl. I was older I had maturity I understood that my responsibility with a sponsorship of a company I needed to know about the company make sure they they had to they had to make sure I would sell and represent that company well and a a young girl wasn't going to do that so I I went woohoo I'm glad I'm older because then now I'm a good brand for them you know yeah that's great so, Jane, in the past six to 12 months, so let's talk before COVID for now, um, you know, how's that season been for you? Have you been on tour? What's been going on? Yeah, so I've done a lot of touring, um, especially the last uh, two years, and I got invited uh, to America to perform at the Dallas Truck Show, uh, the Great American Truck and Show, and that was oh gosh, four years ago, I think now. And I've been spending time going over there and and more and more doing truck shows and and gigs uh, in Nashville. And I performed on um, Nashville Today TV show and things like that. So that's just been slowly building, 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 um, both here and in in America. Um, so, but I I base myself here. Um, I probably could. I mean, I I've got a visa where I can live in the states now, but um. I'm a bit of a homebody, so yeah. So I tour, so I just do what I can touring both countries. I I love that um, you were saying about Nashville and stuff. On when I'm on the cruise ships, I have a lot of the Southerners um, when I'm out of Florida on the ships. And this one time, um, all these I call them just pure cowboys. They had these massive hats and big belts and the jeans and the boots, and they came in with their mum into my bar, and I was like, "Howdy, partner!" And like, because I just I try not to take the piss out of them, but at the same time, I just feel like I have to. Like, it's this thing. So I got them up to sing Country Road with me and then we went 
turn into I got friends in lower places, and like they took their hats off, and it was just like I I always um you know the the American crowd always wants me to do country music, and I always say well you know country music in Australia is not that known, and Keith Urban uh, we sent him to America because you know the the country scene over here isn't that big, but now I'm speaking to you, and I'm like man like I've watched your journey, and I've seen how successful you are here in Australia is it do you feel like it's a it's still a niche or it's just like because I'm so in the pop um, commercial scene that I'm I'm not really a part of the what's going on in the country scene yeah look I think I've watched it ebb and flow and yes I think it's grown a lot over the last Probably six or seven years, festivals like CMC Rocks has bring, been bringing out American internationals. And, I mean, I was really lucky. Like my first single was called Chick Ute. So I had no idea that there were ute shows all over Australia. I didn't even, I had uh, my, um, we had a ute, but I didn't drive a ute. I drove a RAV4. Yep. And so I went from singing a little song. So I immediately was flying all over Australia playing at, tr- at uh, truck shows, ute shows and stuff like that. But I think it's definitely grown. I mean, America, you go into the shopping centres and they play country music, whereas here that they're never going to do that, not at this stage anyway. So it's it's definitely not a big uh, genre here, but it's definitely growing. And I think um, as much as we love Slim and, and people like that, a lot of people in Australia say, oh, I sing country music and they think you're like Slim Dusty, not knowing that <laughs> there's this whole scene that it's very country rock and there's just so many layers of country music now, um, which is wonderful. So it's definitely growing, but it's still not nothing like <laughs> nothing like America, that's for sure. Um, can you remember a defining moment at the beginning of your career where that was like the the moment that you just went, this is what I'm doing um, for life? Yeah, it was it was kind of weird. I was like, I, like I said, when I was like 29, I think, or 30 when I first got offered if I'd like to do um, – do an album and I remember these producers saying look we've been looking for an artist with a different sound your sound is so different and it really was at the time no one in Australia was no females were doing country rock um and they could hear in my writing that it it really was that natural I just created it naturally and it was who I who I am so I was like okay well how much is this going to cost and they said oh $35,000 and I'm like oh hello as if I've got $35,000 where am I going to get $35,000 from and so I was just like oh well if it's meant to be God will provide the money because I don't have it and I just let it go and then I was like I said I was hairdressing back then and a lady said to me, so what are you doing? And I said, oh, I've been offered to do this album and, you know, but it's never going to happen. And I was a bit like, yeah, yeah, whatever, I've heard it all before because um, you do in the industry, oh, you know, you meet everyone who works at a record label and they're probably the cleaner um, and telling you that they're going to make you a star. I've heard that, you know, all my life. And so anyway, this lady this lady said, oh, okay, and she said, so what's stopping you? And I said, oh, on $35,000. I said, I don't have that sort of money. And she uh, she ended up contacting me a few weeks later and she said, well, I just want to let you know, my husband and I have got some land and we've decided that if it sells, we're going to give you the money. Oh, my goodness. And so, 
Yeah. So $35,000 ends up in my bank account and I'm like, okay, guess I'm meant to be doing this. And then it just rolled from there. Like the first record came out, then I got signed to a label, then I got produced by Garth Porter, who'd done all Lee Kernigan's records. And so for me, that was the defining moment because I'm like, well, if it's going to happen, it's going to have to take a miracle for that to happen because I don't have any money. And and then it was it was really great to watch the journey, I guess, from that point to then get signed to you know major labels like ABC and and stuff like that, and watch and watch my sort of career grow. Actually, weirdly, in a time when the music industry just fell apart and went to zero financially. But um, anyway, for some reason, I'm meant to be doing music in this season, and I've figured out a way to do it. So here I'm still here. <laughs> somehow <laughs> but yeah I mean that's that was for me the defining moment that's incredible that's so it's just that's that's that blows me away yeah it blew me away <laughs> and and when I tell the story people are like yeah I guess that's a pretty good sign <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. oh for sure I think so <laughs> and that's those defining moments as well like you would not expect that you're cutting someone's hair and they've been def- like a defined defining positioning as well like that they were they were the person that you were cutting their hair or they're, they've been a client of yours for how, how so long and then it's just then it's put in their heart and put in their spirit that they need to help you with with something in your life and that's incredible because um, those, those moments happen all the time and sometimes we're not even ready for them and because mm. because mentally we're going oh it's never going to happen but we've actually put it on the on the back burner we don't allow those opportunities to happen so you would have probably still been you know manifesting the idea of of it to be possible but of course in physical sense it was not possible yeah but then of course it happened so that's that's such an amazing story that's awesome yeah and I'm such a I mean you you've known me for a long time a very driven person I'm a very full-on person when it comes to okay I'm going to start this band well I'm not going to do it half-baked I'm going to do it a thousand miles an hour but it was kind of weird because yeah after my band split up I was like I'm so over music I don't want to do this this is just crap I'm never going to get anywhere I've worked my butt off for how many years and then I actually started writing just purely for fun yeah and that was when I kind of let it go and just went oh, I'm so over this and thought well I'll just be a hairdresser and write music enough and I was happy with that too to be honest because I loved hairdressing it wasn't like I didn't love my job it was just that I had this talent that um you know I had as well as my creative side of hairdressing and yeah so it was it was kind of weird that it all just started happening without me even me even trying it just it sort of rolled out and then and mind you I've worked my butt off since it's happened like I knew because I knew when I got that money and when I got that opportunity it meant it would consume my life and it it has been 14 years of consuming my life because to do it I knew it wasn't going to be sitting on my butt it'll just come to me I've worked extremely hard so I also had to make that mental shift all right well if I get back on the horse it's going to be you know I'm going to do it properly well that's that's my next question is that you know the breaking point wanting to call it quits because I feel um sometimes we need those breaking points to to get us to the next section of our life I remember um being 24 
and um, my agent at the time saying that, I, that he wanted me to audition for Fame the Musical. And I remember saying to him on the phone, look, I don't, I, I really can't be bothered to go to another cattle call and feel like I'm a piece of crap against all these amazing, you know, dancers who I'm not a great dancer, but I know that I can sing them all under the table. And he said, look, just please go, just go. And I remember turning up in a hoodie, a beanie and a pair of trackies because I wasn't even going to go in a, in a in an 80s leotard. I was like, nah, stuff that. I'm just going to go and be me. And that was the breaking point. I went and I was me. And then it was just a, you know, throughout those next three days, I, I got a lead role in Fame the Musical. And it was like it, I needed to get to that point where it wasn't, I wasn't, striving for it I wasn't I I didn't have written all over my face pick me pick me pick me I need this I need this I need this it was more of a thing a thing of okay I'm here this is who I am this is what I can provide for you and then that was actually what what got me through which is incredible because since then then my 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 drive has been I've just got to be who I am because if I don't show who I am and I'm trying to be something else Mm -hmm. it's not even it won't sell or it won't it won't be perceived for the truth of, of what I want to bring. Um, so that's that's amazing that like you still were writing. You still were like, well, I'm going to write because I'm going to write. I'm not going to write because I think, okay, I wonder if I can get this song signed or I wonder if I can, yeah. um, you know, someone else can sing my music for me. It was the pure, the pure enjoyment of writing. So that's a really great place to be in as well. I wanted to ask you, did you ever have a, a moment within um, – the 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 Christian world music and your secular world or because for me I know that I've always I always had a drive for the secular industry I feel like I could have had a great walk within being a worship leader and being on the platform and and using my music and my talent as to bring for worship but I always knew that the separation and how much how much more I, I loved it when I was performing and then inspiring people from the joy of performance I don't know if that makes sense but it makes sense (laughs) in my mind (laughs) yeah well for me I grew up um you know seeing church and being part of the worship team and all that sort of thing but when I got asked to be in youth alive and be the the um you know sort of front singer I guess um as part of their team was because I did performance style singing and at that stage they wanted the Youth Alive uh, events to be a little bit more um, uh, I guess uh, items I guess to connect with the kids so I was asked to do Vanessa Amorossi I was asked to do No Doubt I was asked to do Tina Arena you know da 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 so that was kind of my that was why I was asked to from my church in the Blue Mountains if I wanted to be do that that role and uh, but it was really funny because they'd always go oh Jane's going to do the praise and then we're going to get Kate Spence to do the worship <laughs> and I was like what's wrong with me I can sing slow songs but I think what it is without being sounding strange I think uh, you know I loved being part of a team a worship team and being part of it and you know, I've done, have led worship and, and stuff like that. But for me, I'm just, I'm an entertainer through and through. And I think it was hard 
not that I was ever disrespectful or anything like that, but I think it was hard because I'm a little bit like, hey, everybody, watch me. I've got a new dance move and it's really cool. And in church, that's not appropriate. So, of course, I never did that. But in my heart, that was what I wanted to do. Um, so, and I remember there it was at one stage, it was actually at that time, I remember Darlene Check saying to me, what are you doing? Your band split up and what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm over it. I'm just going to sing at church and be part of the worship team and um, and I'm going to, you know, grow my hairdressing business and that's what I'm going to do. And she's like, but what about you? What about Jane? Like what about Jane Denham, the real you? you that's, you're not doing who you are. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm over it, blah, blah, blah. So I think for me it was, you know, always that. I am, you know, and back when I was a kid, if you sang in the secular world, when I was a little kid growing up, that was like you were going to hell if you weren't singing. So it was, it, it's very different now. But, um, you know, I remember my ch- my church pe- friends all saying, oh, my God, she's singing in pubs in a band? Like, that's crazy. But it was uh, Mark and Darlene Check from church, my pastors, that said, Jane, you need to get out there, join a band, go and sing in pubs and learn your craft because that's I wasn't going to learn it in church and that's because it's not what I was I was meant to do and I'm so grateful because my parents wouldn't have done that and it's not that mum and dad were worried about me or anything like that but it was just the culture it was like why would you do that when you can sing at church I'm like because I want to sing in a band and run around on stage and make people have fun (laughs) I feel like I even felt it as well like going into the industry um, early 2000s, it was still around. That's that that energy of like, why do you want to sing in in the world when you can when you can do it at church? Like I remember feeling that as well, but and feeling like it was it wasn't it was guilty or whatever. But it there, I had such a I had such a um, div- diversion between both platforms. So I knew one was a stage, and then so I think same as you, Jane. Like I remember I was always the go-to for the Easter service item and you know the Christmas items and all that kind of stuff. And it was because I had the stage practice because I was out in the industry and I was able to always um, just d- d- um, what's the word split it like do either one because they came from a different place in my heart. But I still to this day performing is that's that's the that's where that hundred percent deep passion comes from. So that's really cool. Exactly. Yeah. And I think being at church when you're singing on a platform, it's not about you. That's exactly it's right. It's about, you know, it's about looking to to Jesus and singing singing to God and um helping the congregation remember that today that right now in this moment we're actually singing and focusing on on um, on Jesus and on him and being grateful and being worshipful um, so it's it's not about it's not about you and so I think that's why I have to be able to have both <laughs> I can do both I can do both well but I remember if that's all I had to do I remember going on Hillsong tour many years ago and I thought you know what this is really fun but it's not who I am I couldn't do this every day of my life and people would have given their right arm to go on a Hillsong tour but I was just like I'm called to be the girl that's in Darwin singing to a bar to a pub full of people and getting the party started and having a lot of fun. And that didn't mean drinking or doing anything crazy. That's just called having fun and it being an entertainer and and you know, you don't have to be a drug addict or a drunk to or you know, sleep around to to have that sort of a career. Speaking on that, it's amazing that you said that because um it's sometimes 
it's sometimes that part of it, the the drugs and the alcoholism and all of that is because when you get back to your hotel room on your own, that's where people don't know who they are without being on stage, without being in the limelight. Like, like that's that's sometimes the reason why, um, you know, like in A Star Is Born, for example, where Bradley Cooper's character, he he can't be sober because he doesn't, he can't be on his own with his own thoughts. So having having a grounding of knowing, you know, if this was taken away from you tomorrow, you'd be okay. A little bit like me, like, okay, that's it. It's all good. Where a lot of people are so connected to their identity or their fame or their fans that um, then if that was to get taken away from them, it's it's that um, craving to have it again. So that's really powerful because that's exactly right. Like you're in the industry, you're in there full time, but you, it's, not, it's not affecting you in a negative way where a lot of people – can measure it to be oh you know it, it'll take you down one day but it doesn't have to no absolutely not no I, and I think you know I always I mean you know it's been 14 years of a lot of success but a lot of people don't see the years where there wasn't success in the midst of that like it wasn't all hit after hit after hit there were there were things that didn't go right and and then there was a season where my life personally fell apart and I took time off and that was mm. That was really hard. but And I just kept asking myself the question, am I meant to keep going? If I'm meant to keep going, I need another sign. Okay, maybe not (laughs) (laughs) $35,000. But, um, you know, I needed a sign. And, like, so I just wait and see. And then I always had this thing, well, if that's it, I've had a good time. I've achieved some great things. If that's the end of it, well, okay, what what's next? There must be something else I'm meant to do and surely I'm going to get joy out of that as well because there's not just one thing in life that brings you joy. You know what I mean? Like if that's all it is, well, then you're living a pretty shallow life. Um, so I was always prepared to go and, you know, there's other things I'd love to do. Like I'd love to open a dress shop. I'd love to you know, whatever, whatever, all the other little things in my head that I think, wow, that'd be funny if I don't do singing. So I think it's always good to have that in the back of your mind. And then it's just been, I've just been grateful that the next door kept opening. And yeah, and that's, and you know, I still do that all the time. Like even now I've been going, well, I can't perform. I'm sitting at home. What is this it? Am I meant to do something else? And then boom, a door opens. And now I'm madly writing for my next record. So, you know, but I don't, but I don't live five years down the track either. I kind of go, okay, well, what's, what's now? But, and then plan for the future if that door opens. With, with change, Jane, so navigating marriage or um, family, full-time work, um, you know, moving into the industry full-time, how has that been, you know, with high, with, you know, life brings highs and lows. How's that been for you? To be honest, going full-time was probably the hardest thing. It was my absolute dream. All I ever wanted to do my whole life was be a full-time um, singer. And my mum's, and I, I I was like that at school. I'm like, mum, I'm going to be in a band. I'm going to be touring Australia. That's all I wanted to do is be in a band and sing and travel Australia. That was it, full stop. And mum was like, no, look, you know, mum and dad were like, you really need a real job. And I'm really grateful they did, to be honest, because in Australia to make money full-time is really, really difficult. Um it's not impossible, but it's, it's certainly, and I wasn't, look, I thought I was really good and I had a lot to learn even with my craft. 
so I went and got a job and I've always been able to juggle music and hairdressing. But going full time for me was the hardest thing because I went from having, a, you know, even if it was two days a week in a salon, I had two days a week where I had to worry about these other people and it wasn't about me. Whereas being a full-time musician, it's all about me. And that is not a place I feel very comfortable with because I love, I'm a people person. I love to make sure, you know, Mrs. Jones's hair looks amazing and she just thinks I'm fabulous because I've made her feel so great. Like I got more out of it than she got having this fabulous hairstyle. So, so it was, it's been really, really hard, but my husband Dave really encouraged me to do it um, and since I have gone full-time I just had to make sure I was in a routine I had to make sure I surrounded myself with people um, just so that I didn't get isolated I guess because you know when you're not on the road you're um, alone and obviously my husband goes to work um, so I've just had to be very aware of that and and make my days very busy around that as well um, but my career has definitely um, got bigger um, and I, that's not to say I, I might not go back because some days I think oh man I just would love to do something where I'm blessing other people rather than you know just working on myself so you know I might even do that for fun go back and do something a couple of days a week just purely for pleasure um, but it's been it's meant I've been able to get on a plane within two weeks and go to America and do a show and things like that. So it's it's been it's been hard but really good because you know like it is a season. Like I won't be doing this at seventy. So well, I could be, but I don't think I'll be getting on a plane with the same sort of energy I have right now. So I've got to make that opportunity while it's there. And you know, the America thing is it might not go more than five years it might go for 10 it might go for two I don't know and right now I can't even go there so (laughs) yeah so you know it's it's been different but um but you know it's okay and I I could have gone to America um and people think I'm crazy to be honest they're like Jane you've got a US visa you've been offered the opportunities I even got offered a record deal in the states if I wanted to move there but yeah I think you've still got to be true to yourself like I could be the biggest star in the world and be completely miserable yeah so I need to be who I am and who I am is being near my family and um doing what I love but yep I might not be as big as I probably could be if I did move to America but I'm really happy where I am right now and, and you know, it's good. I'm, I'm loving life. But that's it, Jane. Like that's the, that's what the, what, what that's, that's what social media shows us that these, these artists who are at the top of their game are the happiest people in the world because they have everything. They've got the money, they've got the fans, they've got the shows, they're doing, you know, sold out tours and then and then you hear these stories of like I've, I've had a friend who said like a really prominent artist they were on tour as one of their dancers and then after the show she's backstage curled up in a ball crying her eyes out because she felt like she had no one to text to tell them how great the show was and that's like I think that's the thing with entertainment and music it's put so much on a pedestal that it comes with such a a high praised life but it is isolating like for me I'm I'm on the road like I'm on contracts for two to three months 100% 10 months of the year and then I finish my show at the piano bar with you know 70 to 80 guests who are just in love with me for that hot minute then I go back to my room and I'm in my cabin on my own 
and it's you know you do your wind down and you hang out with your friends and you talk the stories but that that's the thing so it it, it is that's so powerful because it it is that thing of you could have had the opportunity to go to the states and you know maybe the career would have been bigger and and louder but you were so content with being where you are and having a great career here in Australia and that that's powerful in itself because um wouldn't you rather be mentally stable and happy and and that person rather than feeling like you're away and striving more but then feeling like you're you're not close to what's what's close to your heart so that's really great yeah yeah and and look uh, you know if I got offered an opportunity to tour in the states for three months and I felt it was right I would do it you know it's not to say that but I think uh, you've just got to keep moving forward and I think I heard something the other day and they said there's good success and bad success and I was like wow what do they mean by that and then I read more and it said you can have good success you, you could be the biggest star in the world but you sorry let's try the other way around if you have the bad success so you could be the biggest star in the world but your family life is hopeless your kids don't ever see you your wife and you are you know whatever so I'm saying it from a man's point of view but um that is bad success or you could have good success and you are the biggest star in the world but you have a great relationship with your children you have a great relationship with your wife and I think that's what we all have to strive for and I think if that gets out of balance and the success ends up not to say you're not going to have bad things happen and tough times you you hear what I'm saying but I think there's that fine line and maybe you know I felt in my heart that my choice was to be with my family right now and um, be in Australia so for right now that's that's totally what I need to do and if it changes and I feel it's okay and I did that for a little while that's great but I there was nothing in me saying you've got to move to America because you know that sort of success is what's going to make you happy because I for right now I don't feel it, it, it I'm really happy where I am so it's good that's so great I love it um how do you keep fresh and up to date and um, maybe talking about the music scene um mm. yeah I think being full-time has made that really easy, um, a lot easier for me because when I was working as a hairdresser, obviously it was hard to keep on top of that. But, look, I'm also one of these people that it could I could easily get overwhelmed with it all, but I've kind of learnt that you just got to go with the flow. you got to go with the flow of the day and don't overthink everything and don't think I've got to do this and I've got to do that and I've got to be an expert on everything and understand everything because I can get myself into that sort of spiral sometimes and I just think Jane just do what's in your hand right now and get it done and then go and research this or go and listen to that or yeah just try and balance it out um but you know social media is really helpful for that and um I just if I have an idea or feel to watch something or feel to listen to a podcast or something, I do it. And if I don't feel to do it, I don't because mm. I think you can just get a little bit crazy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but it does to me. <laughs> I just have to be careful not to get overwhelmed and want to just rock in the corner because I don't know where to start <laughs> to, to keep up with what's going on in the music industry. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I think having a team around you also helps. Like I've, I've learned not to be an expert at everything, so that's good having a team is is definitely good or not having to know all the answers um exactly yeah you know yeah that's really great i like yeah, that never gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome 
Um, well, you did mention before, like you don't you don't want to um, um, vision wise you're not focused on where you're going to be in the next five years. Um, but let me change the question a little bit for like, you know, where do you see yourself in this next season of your life? Um, right now I'm really excited about my new album. Like I've got a single out at the moment called Porch Party that's going really well. I recorded it with some of my friends in the industry and the videos going great and it was a lot of fun. It was fantastic for it to come out during COVID because it gave a lot of people a lot of joy. But in the midst of putting a creative person in a house for two months with, you know, creative brain and not being on the road, I did, I came up with a, an idea for a concept album that I really want to do. And I've been writing towards that. And I kind of, I'm really excited because I, I just started writing a song and I went, oh my gosh, I'm going to do a whole album like a piece of art. Beautiful. And so it's going to, it's still country, but it's a specific style of country and I'm writing for that um, particular thing. So it's great. But this year was going to be my biggest year of touring. So that's kind of gone t- completely gone as, and as everyone's has. And I had a huge uh, US uh, thing happening. I was meant to be going to Louisville to sing at the biggest truck show in the world. And I'd been wanting to get the, the chance to perform at this particular um, event in a stadium for four years. So that was really disappointing. But at the same time, it was like, oh, well, it is what it is. What else can I do now? What am I meant to do? What's What opportunities can come out of this season? And now I'm probably more excited about my album than I am going to America. So it's good. It's fun. Yeah. It has been a crazy season um, for, for creatives because I don't think we've ever had this time in our lives where we have to stop. Um, and, you know, even with this podcast, this wouldn't have happened if I would have only had 10 days off from my previous contract into my next contract. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I would have just yeah. kept continually finding the job, working, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. So I've loved I've loved this time because it's really, you know, for the five-year journey, I'm able to now go, you know, I, I love to perform, but I have so many other attributes of my of who I am that I actually get so much joy and fulfillment out of as well. So um, I'm really excited that you, you you're onto a new album. That's really exciting. And I think as well, like you said, you brought out an you brought out a song in COVID. Yeah, it's also showing musos or creatives out there that you don't have to have a massive budget. Um, to, to put something out there. Like a friend of mine's been doing recordings in a, a setup studio in his laundry, you know, and then they, a few of them just went out and videoed some stuff on a, a camera and an iPhone and, and you know, because of course financially and right now we're not really making much money. So it's like this is a time where, okay, this stretches our mindset of how do we still be creative or how do we still produce what we want to do in a, say, isolated situation yeah definitely 100 percent. and for me like so many things have happened like uh for instance I'm doing a um a Facebook live with my full band and I've had two other people like the PBR which Professional Bull Riders Association in Australia and Truck Boss in America they want to stream it live on their pages amazing well like that's four hundred thousand people between the two of those facebook lives hello i wouldn't get to perform 
in front of even a quarter of that if I do a show down the road, you know. And, yeah, okay, I'm not getting paid as such, but um, it's the opportunity to create fans so that when I do go out on the stage, they're going, oh, my God, I saw Jane Denham on that Facebook Live. She was so much fun. She's Her songs are really great. I'm going to stream her songs. Therefore, you know, that's another little source of income. And they'll come to my show when I either go to America or Australia. So I, I see that as a positive. Yeah. Um, it's like doing a little ad, I guess, in some ways for when life goes back on the road and because nothing's going to take, nothing's going to replace live music. You know, you can watch it on TV, yeah, but there's nothing like being there. Um, so, and especially for us as artists, you can't create a vibe with a crowd without the crowd. <laughs> exactly. But um, we certainly can showcase what we do and I'm I'm really excited that we get the opportunity to do that and also have this time just to stop. Uh, it's a false stop because, like you said, it's easy to keep pushing the ball and I feel that my whole uh, nervous system is slowed down and I was not, not that I was a nervous person but when you go, 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 you, you can't stop you, and you're not allowed to stop because you've got all these things to do. But this has been a forced stop. And I think as much as um, it's been, you know, really tough on a lot of people, especially in other countries where there's been deaths and everything else, um, we can't take that away. But I, I'm sort of actually kind of grateful that I've, I've been told to stop to um, get, get, you know, just re, recharge the batteries, reboot, I guess. Yeah, and our voices have loved it as well. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, that's right. Do I remember how to sing? I'm not real sure. <laughs> yeah, I keep I keep just trying to sing around the house, and my um my where my break is like my support from my diaphragm is just not happening, and I'm like, I really hope I can sing after this. <laughs> It's like I'll have to just like yell for half an hour to get back to that like raspy sound just to like get rid of the the, the sweet caramel sound. <laughs> we'll, yeah, I've been we'll talking be right. to my new puppy very loudly, so I think my um singing voice hasn't gone too far away from my loud voice that I have. <laughs> Awesome. This is so great, Jane. So, um, you know, like we've been saying throughout this interview, you know, right now um, the, the music scene has been put on pause. We're, we're not gigging, we're not performing, we're not on tour, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to ask the question, which is what my podcast is, is, is situated around, which is you are not your talent. And I find with, with artists, a lot of who we are is, of course, what we do and being able to separate that and know that, you know, for myself, say, Kylie Fisher, when I'm performing, I'm Lady Red and that's what I do, but understanding who I am without all of that. So, you know, Jane, what else do you see in yourself and, um, you know, what other passions do you have and who, who, who is Jane Denham without the, the, the fan base and the and the music and and the identity that what that brings yeah look I, I definitely it's something I've always kept in check for myself because I never wanted to have my Jane Denham be you know just all about being the artist um, I'm really close to my family I've got a great family and um, they're, they're very much a part of my life and my husband and I am very blessed that he comes on the road with me as well, um, which is wonderful 
um, to be able to do so much. When I go overseas, he doesn't come with me. But so we get to do life together, which is great. He he's, um, works in the building trade during the week. So I tend to do all my office stuff and, and planning and writing and all that during the week. But but outside of that, I, um, I love fashion totally uh being creative person being you know that I grew up as a hairdresser I love fashion and um you know I do I hope one day I get to have my own shop one day I'd like to one day hang up the microphone and maybe come off the road when it it does because I find sometimes it is like being in the circus (laughs) you get you're away from home but um Mm. and we definitely um want to have acreage one day so yeah we're planning for those that sort of season in my life but I'd love to um I'm a real people person so um yeah once I don't have people like fans and my band members and all that to hang around I, I won't be able to stay home for too long so I um I certainly enjoy doing all the fashion side of it do you find um like are you are you feeling withdrawals at the moment with with not being on the road um I don't know it's it's funny like I was disappointed when I was a week off flying to the states um when it happened so that was disappointing, but I'm also, I don't know, I'm, I guess I was brought up, my mum is a very positive person and she always used to say, Jane, you change feet very well. And I always just think, what's she raving on about? Um, but, you know, I think you just go, okay, well, I was going on that foot, but no, okay, that's not happening. All right, we're going on that foot. You know, what? Can, and I kind of got really excited about all the things good, good. that I've wanted to do that I thought I was going to do when I retire. So I started going through all my old stuff and cleaning out stuff and catching up on business, um, stuff that I haven't done for a long time. So, I mean, I'm, I'm always on top of the business, but there's so many older things that you, are not important, but it would be good to get sorted. So I sort of think it's a great opportunity for us to get ready so then when we the bullet goes out of the gun and we're back on the road, we're even more organised than we've ever been and... Um, yeah, it's been, I've actually really enjoyed just stopping and um, figuring out what I'm going to do next. So that's been, that's been really fun because the single was recorded and the video was recorded, like the video was recorded a week before lockdown. So the porch party video is me and all my friends in the industry all having a crazy party. Wow. So I was sort of heading in a direction that isn't the direction I'm now going in musically. So, but once I get back on the road, um, yeah, I'm really excited because the new album I always write uh, for stage. So I always, when I have songs, I'm going, "How's this going to look on stage? How's this going to connect with the crowd?" So, so that's been that's been really fun to get back in that zone and and have a chance to um, to get really creative. It's it's been really fun. Mm. Do you have a daily routine or anything that like gets you, um, you know, up and out of bed each day, or are you just naturally jumping out of bed? <laughs> yeah, I sort of decided I decided that um cuz my husband has been able to work through this whole thing. So, I just decided I would it would be easy for me just to lie in bed and not get up and stay in my pajamas till midday, but I he thinks I'm completely mad, but I just get up when he gets up to go to work. So, when he gets up at 6 or 6:30, I just get up and I get going and I do my exercise and I try and make a routine. Look, it doesn't always work and in the music game it is hard to have a routine like for instance, I've had some meetings in the states. Well, hello, that's, you know, 
at the time I'm still in my pajamas. Yep, yep. So, you know, I, it's hard to make a routine, but I've certainly made sure I've got up and I've made the most of every day. I can honestly say I thought I'd have, you know, days where I'm like, oh, stuff it. I'm just going to watch Netflix all day. And I have not done that. I don't even know why. I'm just like, I've got things to do. I need to get this done. And, and also I've tried to study a bit more. Um, like you organizing all this, how to do this podcast thing, like you didn't have a clue how to do that before um, COVID. So for me, I've I've tried to learn a little bit more about social media and, and listen to podcasts and things like that. So I've really enjoyed um, making myself fill my days with um, business, but I always take the weekends off. Beautiful. I don't do anything on the weekends. I exercise during the week as well, but Saturday, Sunday is, is my time with um, with my husband and I might, I might make that a priority for sure. I'm definitely fighting the weather because like I look outside and it's blue sky today and the sun is shining, but it's probably only five degrees Celsius. So it's maybe only 45 degrees Fahrenheit. So physically, because I'm such a kinesthetic person, I, you know, if it's a cloudy day and it's really windy, my natural self just wants to stay inside and snuggle up on the couch and read a book but then my my personality wants to still get stuff done so I've got to get out and go for a walk or get out and talk to myself for a good half an hour in the mornings just to stay motivated mum of course is up at the crack of dawn you know had already had two coffees by 7 45 and I'm like stop vacuuming you know you probably know exactly what I'm talking about with my mum yeah yeah that would be your mum <laughs> then I'm like can I just like you know, I don't really get get alive till nine thirty, ten a.m. But still, if I'm not if I'm not in that mindset by ten a.m., I can have a really sluggish day. So I naturally have to not force myself, but yeah, routine for me is is a massive one. Especially being, you know, so far away from civilization, like I can't just jump in the car and go grab a coffee. Like I would love to do that every day. I'd probably would do it every day if I could, but I don't have that. Um, that luxury. So I love that, that you've naturally got the buzz to get things going and, 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 and keep moving forward. I find speaking to a lot of people, they are struggling in this time um, just to try and just get focused on something rather than um, feeling the, the, the weight of what we're sitting in right now as creative. So it's really great to hear that from you. Yeah. And look, some days have been terrible. Like some days I have sat in my pajamas till 11 and I'm thinking, I have been looking on social media since I posted this morning yeah. at eight o'clock and I'm like, pull yourself together, woman. Like I, it's easy to roll in that because you actually have no deadlines. So that's that, you know, it hasn't been, you know, Bambi in Disneyland every day getting up, bouncing through the day through the fields. It's certainly there has been some days where I've rung my one of my friends that I, I talk to every couple of days and I just said to her, oh, yesterday was shocking. I just didn't achieve anything till 2 o'clock. Yeah. And I'm like that's – and I guess – and that's okay. Like not that I beat myself up over that, but um, I certainly don't want – didn't want to start getting myself into that, that circle because – then I would be going at the end of the week. I've achieved nothing. I'm a loser and this is not good. So I'm just trying to make sure I achieve something. <laughs> I love that we do, we are just so alike. It's it's quite um it's quite humorous. <laughs> 
<laughs> so good. Talking to ourselves, you know, that's it. That's why you need an animal so people don't think you're completely crazy. I'm just talking to the dog. No, I'm not. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so when I when I need to do my interview, I'll just call you Jane. So then you can just ask me the questions because at least we'll be on the same page. <laughs> so good. Um. Next question is, you know, this one's normally focused for uh, the musicians and the singers who are in the gig industry. So like the cover scene and, and doing the, the weekend, week out gigs at, at your live venues. Um, but, you know, like what, what would you say to the younger the younger generation who may be a few steps away from, you know, um, stepping into the industry and maybe as a, as a session muso. So um, they'd, they'd maybe be someone that wants to play in a band that's on tour and or, you know, a performer like yourself who their dream is to be, you know, on the radio and, and travel travel as a, as a singer. Sure. Yeah, for me, the number one thing that has got me where I am today is surrounding myself with great people. And that that is, the for me, has been the key, um, is having people who understand the industry, um, be willing to put myself out there and become friends. Not everyone wants to be a friend, obviously, but ask questions. And, and I was very lucky earlier in my life where I did have people that believed in me and would tell me the truth and also tell me, pull your head in. Um, that was terrible. That was great. You know, don't forget this. Um, being open to criticism uh, is another thing. I, it's, you know, it's really this, so, oh my goodness. I've worked at the Academy of Country Music for four years as a mentor and I just want to you know, grab some of these kids and say, stop listening to your parents because not, and it's not just parents, they surround themselves with people who tell them they're great and they're not necessarily great. And yes, we need people around us that tell us we're great, but we also need people around us that know what they're talking about, that are in the industry. Um, and the one thing that probably held me back a little bit when I started was I'm a little bit, um, and I know you're like this, I'm a bit like, okay, I'm going to make a record. It's going to be amazing and it's going to be top shelf and my video clips are going to be at the level of excellence of Lee Kernighan and everybody else. And so that's where I aim. And even if I can't quite get there, that's where I'm aiming. And so it's close. You know what I mean? I might not have the $20,000 budget, but I did it for half and it's still good. And it's still got on the country music channel and da, 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 da. What I did, I kind of got so busy creating my career, I stopped, I didn't really build a lot of friendships in the industry till probably the last five years. And part of that was that I was a hairdresser. So my advice is to also build, uh, it's, it is so much what, you know, you could be the greatest singer in the world, but if you don't have the relationships with people in the industry, you're really going to hold yourself back. Yes, you'll get there. Um, if the talent and the songs and the music is great, people will acknowledge that. And people are always like, yeah, Jane, she's she does great music and we love her. But I didn't have a lot of those friendships. And now I, I find that's helped my career even more. And not because I'm just not a suck up person, to be totally honest. I'm not going to just suck up to people to get where I want. I think my talent and my music will get me where I need to go. But um, it's been great the last few years when I've really taken the time and effort to build friendships in the industry, yeah, to help to help me learn more too, you know. But I, I hope that answers the question. But I mm. think having the right, a great team of people around you that aren't just going to tell you 
what you want to hear is, is so, so, so important. I love what you said about um, when you're doing your mentorship that there's some kids who the, the only voices that are in their heads are literally their mum and dad telling them that they're amazing. But sometimes you do need that positive criticism or that stern criticism because that's what makes you great because some people have a a natural talent some people have a natural gift but if you think you're the best at what you do you will never be able to be better than what you are because you you're embedded in your mind that but I am I am good my mum tells me like I'm talking about like a young person but my mum told me that I'm fantastic and I'm the best but if you're not surrounding yourself with people who maybe are better or more talented than you because they've worked at it people who have less talent than you less natural gift will actually make it further than you because they put in the work to go okay I know I'm not that great but I'm going to work hard at being greater and you're sitting back going oh but I'm naturally talented yet you're not even working or investing into your own talent to become greater and I've seen that for years where people who aren't even you know when I look at them and I go they're all right but they've worked and invested into their into their talent to become great at what they do and it's like oh it's the drive it's the it's the okay to hear the truth sometimes because some people just can't hear the truth like you know (laughs) you need to work on that totally and and being open for criticism yeah absolutely and I also um can honestly say there's through the academy sometimes you have the most talented people but they're so uh unbalanced in themselves I guess and so full of themselves and so annoying that none of us you know you just go girl just or guy whatever just pull your head in and yeah and just be teachable because no one's going to give you opportunities if you're not able to do you know what I mean be real I think you know you can have the most biggest talent I mean I can tell you now the musos when I started in this industry my album came out and I had every great music musician in in the industry going oh yeah we want to play with Jane Denham she's got all this work mm. but I'm like if I want to punch it out in the in the car I'm not taking on the road you can be the best country music guitarist I've ever <laughs> I've ever heard but if if you're not very nice to be around I'm sorry I'm not taking you on the road and it and it really is like that even is as an artist like if you're an idiot you're not gonna I know that sounds like really obvious but, um, yeah, it's it's very important that you just be yourself and be real and don't think you're better than everybody else because as soon as you think that, there's always going to be someone that's better than you anyway. And it's a business. Yeah, It is a business and people forget that. And some of the greatest artists in country music, I'm talking from my experience, aren't necessarily the most talented. They're the most clever business people. Yep, yep. And they make a business out of it and yes they have amazing music and yes they sell records but you might have joe blogs down the road that can sing a thousand times better than that person who's got gold records but it's because they've worked their butt off from a business point of view as well amazing so good um last question jane if you could go back to your younger self um what advice would you tell yourself oh gosh i know i this this is such a funny question i've literally just written a song for my new album um and it's called dear jane and that's exactly what the song's about it's writing a letter to myself oh so cool um and and i guess it's it's on from a personal level but um look i think just having, I mean, I was always a confident kid, 
but I think just to not take it too seriously, just to enjoy the ride because the music industry is so full of highs and so full of lows. It's not like a normal job. Hairdressing, you might have a, and I loved hairdressing and I, you know, maybe one day I'll even go back to it, but it's such a different thing to be involved in. You know, you close the door at five o'clock, you take your cash out of the till. Well, not anymore these days, it's all in the machine. But, um, you know, back that's that's what I did. It was the end of the day, I'd go home and have a great night. Whereas music industry is 24-7, your brain never stops. So don't take it all too seriously. Just enjoy the ride. And when you have a high and have a low, try and walk through trouble like a mist. You know, like don't don't let your emotions go with it because I see so many people fail uh, emotionally because they hang on to the highs and the lows way too much. You've just got to, you know, as Taylor Swift says, shake it off and mm. keep moving forward. And, and, you know, if the door does close, have that thing if there's a new door go through it like you know I thought I was going to be in a rock band and here I am being a country music singer it wasn't the door I anticipated but I just kept walking and and the door opened and it doesn't look like exactly like what I expected when I was 15 but I'm really happy and really glad and I've had a um, very fulfilling career so but yeah I guess that's what I'd say. (laughs) Very cool. Um, I just had a thought then while you were speaking. Anzac Day, April 25th, my mum mentioned that there's a song that has a connection with my dad. I, I feel like I've forgotten what the story is. Is there a song that you've got that that my dad, I kind of, I don't even know, like what am I trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I wrote my I think it's on my first album. I've got four now. Um, I love, I, I, I was looking for, you know, song ideas and I read your dad's book, um, Allow Me to Encourage You. And he was, he wrote a story about his his parents and how they met uh, when his dad was on a troop train going to war and she was at the station waiting for the mail train to arrive. And anyway, the whole story about how he threw out his, his number, serial number on a piece of paper and she wrote to him during the time of war and and um, you obviously know the story, <laughs> they're your grandparents. But, um, yeah, it was just such a powerful story and uh, their names being Curly and Mara Jean, I'm like, oh, that's the most coolest names to put in a song because <laughs> not every name sings very well, you know, but Curly and Mara Jean just had such a cool ring about it. And so, yeah, so we wrote the song and every Anzac Day that song um, gets played and it's on many playlists and, um, yeah, it's it's a it's an amazing amazing story, but uh, a very nice connection with your family there. Mm. I yeah, my mum mentioned it on Anzac Day, and I was like, I think I was just so subconsciously doing something else, but I just remembered it at then. <laughs> but it is an amazing story. Um, yeah, so he he threw out his dog chain number out the out the train window, and so. It's a, it would have been like um, emailing each other these days or like messaging each other on Facebook to create a relationship. But, yeah, what an incredible story. Like that means that my dad's life was on a piece of paper that could have been blown away in the breeze and that means my life as well. So it's in, it's incredible. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, we, you know, we look at the, the way the world is right now and with COVID and everything else, but like my grandfather... 
was he won a professional um, songwriting. Uh, he was an opera singer, and today, if he had he won it, but because of World War Two, he couldn't take the opportunity. And now today, if you win that same uh, thing, you get taken to Europe to study opera. Wow. Um, so you know, we just don't know what life holds and and I think that's why what you're saying is so important not to hold on to our talent too much but my grandfather did never had that opportunity but he had a fantastic life Mm. and he was able to invest into me and that's why I think for my family it's been really great to see the granddaughter of the grandfather that couldn't have a career in music because of the war um still just as talented but it is what it is and I think that's you know that's why we can't hold on to everything too tight. We've just got to enjoy every day and whatever lands in our hands, we do it with all we've got and hopefully that means if it's a career in music, we get the opportunity. But if not, there's still great things in life we can we can try and look towards. Yeah, and the music lives on. Look at that though. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so weird because everyone in the family says, imagine if Grandpa knew what you'd done with your, with your music, you know, because yeah. I'm living his dream. Exactly. That's beautiful. Oh, that's so great. Well, Jane, it is. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure to speak with you today. And of course, like, you know, we've known each other forever and I didn't need to ask you about that because it's like, I wouldn't even know where to start. Like, <laughs> it's too long. It's too long of a, of a history. Um, but it's so great to watch your career um, as, a, as a fan, of course, and um, really excited to see what's going to happen um, when everything starts to release. And as you said, you know, humanity can't live without live music. It's, it's what brings happiness and joy to people's lives. So I really um, wish you all the best with the next few steps and your new album. It's really excited to, he- to hear that as well. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's been a great interview, and it's it's unpacked a lot of layers of my career that I've never actually talked about. So um, so thanks. It's been it's been a lot of fun, and I hope um, people are encouraged um, that you can do it. <laughs> well, thanks again for tuning in to Lady Red Live, and today I had my wonderful friend Jane Denham with me. I hope again that you've been inspired and you're feeling more encouraged. If you want to connect with Jane, head to my Facebook at Lady Red Entertainment or my Instagram, Lady Red ENT. And until next time, stay safe and be blessed. This has been Lady Red Live.